With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Elections results are in. Time to talk to Constantine Carrard to get the skinny. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to the Conservative Circus with James T. Harris. Democrats maintained their hold on deep red Kentucky's governor's seat Tuesday in a blow to Republicans ahead of the 2024 elections. Incumbent Democrat Governor Andy Bashir defeated Republican Attorney General Daniel Cameron, and Virginia Republicans were left in shock by the Democrats' performance in their state last night. Mm-hmm. Abortion was on the ballot, and babies lost, too. It was a dark night. Joining us in the center ring is our political guru, Constantine Carrara, better known as CQ, to break down the results for us, to make sense of what we're, we're watching. And if you're new to our show... CQ has been getting conservatives elected for more than two decades, and he keeps up with all the crazy business at our state capitol and in Washington, D.C. CQ, welcome to the to the center ring. Were there any bright spots last night for Republicans? Um, you know, sure. I mean, I think I think, you know, Mississippi is it was sort of the high profile race that Republicans held on. Um, you'd like to see Republicans doing better than barely winning in Mississippi. Uh, so that was a, another week showing at the top of the ticket, uh, while Republicans the rest of the way down the ticket were crushing it. I mean, I think most statewide Republicans in Mississippi were winning by 20, 25 points in most cases. Uh, I know Republicans flipped the, the Manchester, New Hampshire mayor's race, which isn't necessarily a big deal, but New Hampshire is one of those states you kind of look at because, because you got a lot of Republicans all over that state right now running for president. Uh, and so I think that speaks a little bit. Uh, some good news just to the strength of the brand. And there were a lot of other Republicans who won largely incumbents, but if you're looking at that small handful of races who had those high-profile races, Mississippi governor, Kentucky governor, Virginia legislature, abortion in Ohio, then, yeah, it was a poor night for Republicans. I don't think there's any any question. And I I guess you'll feel bad for for Virginia and even Kentucky to a certain degree. Um, But if Republicans can learn the lessons of 23 before 24, then, then maybe we can still get some good out of it. What are the lessons of 23 that Republicans need to learn? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's tricky because you know, we, we probably didn't learn 20s lessons for 22 or 22 lessons for 23. Um, one of it's a financial list. I mean, Republicans were outspent in all of those races that we lost. Uh, we had a slight spending advantage in Mississippi, so I don't want to discount the effect that the dollars and cents have on these races. Republicans need to frankly, do a better job of, of giving to strangers. You know, we, we, we're not, we're not great at giving to people we don't know, and Democrats will give to anybody anywhere if it advances their cause. Um, and then again, we do have sort of a messenger problem. Um, you know, we, we're still seen as a very, as a very MAGA party, and there are some candidates in some races where that's not the brand that wins. And we can either learn from that and adjust the message or the messenger. Or we can kind of insist that the voters must vote for something that they keep telling us they don't want to vote for. Um, and so in, in some places, in some districts, in some states, 
you know, we, we do need to offer better candidates. Sometimes we don't run the best candidates. Yeah, but I mean, we can see that again. I mean, yeah, we're trying to have to. If, let me. What am I trying to say? We got to run with what we get. You got to be able to spend to try to get him there. But if you got a flawed candidate out of the box, um, that's going to be a problem for you. Let's shift our gears here on a local level. The cities won big on their bond requests, but the school districts were a mixed bag. What do you make of that situation? Yeah, I was looking at it, and it was kind of interesting to, to see the dynamic. I think what happens is that in a lot of these cities where the bonds did well, they're generally well-run cities. They'll have popular mayors. There's a certain amount of trust between the voters, the mayors, the city councils. Um, the people feel generally good about their cities. The bonds were almost always also for public safety and transportation, and those are two very worthwhile projects in the eyes of voters. So if, you're, if you've got ongoing bonds, you're like, hey, but we need – we're going to keep improving the roads, or it's for the police and fire. Voters are cool with that. So you see good results in, in Goodyear, in Glendale, and Surprise, in places like that. But some of those bonds did fail in places like, let's say, El Mirage, where generally voters don't think their city is very well run. Mm-hmm. They don't trust their leadership to take more money and do something with it. So that seemed to, to largely mirror the voter confidence in their mayors and councils. School boards are different because a lot of parents and taxpayers in general, I think, are tired being asked for more and more money. I mean, they've been pumping money into, we've added billions of dollars of new money into K-12 schools over the last handful of years, and they don't get a thank you. What they get is, hey, it's not enough. Why do you hate public schools? Like, when are you going to give us some more money? And and I think after a while, they just say, okay, you know what, enough's enough. Then you add the general frustration with school districts that aren't doing a good job with the kids. They're not teaching the kids right, um, and so parents don't want to pay more for a bad product. And then finally, you've got all the, the more recent stuff where you have school districts and school boards that have decided to go to war with parents and taxpayers and you know push all kinds of woke nonsense and sexually explicit material at kids. And also, I think there's a certain amount of accountability that's coming to public education. Um, a lot of times it's going to take a, the form of a no vote on, hey, will you give us more money? Um, that may be unfair to certain districts that maybe weren't a part of that mess, uh, but I think the entire kind of, kind of public education infrastructure uh, is, is in for, for a period of accountability. Well, you know, I, I, I was surprised to see that the bond measures did pass in Scottsdale. Uh, they passed in, you know, Paradise Valley, places like that, that our, you know, parents are dealing with uh, uh, woke agendas in their schools. They passed, but a lot of other school districts, I think Gilbert uh, that failed, uh, Mesa failed, um, uh, looking at this list here. So, yeah, that was kind of a, a, a mixed bag. I, there's no rhyme or reason to it, and, you know, from my vantage point. Can you help me out with that? Um, again, I, I mean, to a certain degree, the closer you get to sort of the, the city center in Phoenix, um, the more support you find for government spending and bonding and that sort of a thing. So if you look at the map kind of the in, the, in the, the center of the metropolitan area, which would include, let's say, some of the PV and some of the Scottsdale areas, those bonds were succeeding. The farther out you get, you go from from bluer precincts to redder precincts. Um, you know, so to a certain degree, some of that looks kind of natural, like, oh, the more conservative areas were saying no to higher taxes. Um, but I think, you know, you also have areas like, you know, PG and Scottsdale where, you know, yeah, the boards have been – have done some remarkably bad things. <laughs> yeah. But but they were elected in the first place by, by those same voters. Um, and so – you know, it's unclear yet what the city of you know, Scottsdale has made some progress. They've improved some of their board members. Um, 
But Scottsdale is probably one of those cities in flux where you're trying to decide exactly where they're going to end up when it comes to how they educate their kids. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I guess the jury's still out on that. But the voters, they've spoken. These places, they get, they, they did get the money. Other places did not. So what do you think? Uh, is this still like a, a muddled as we run into 2024? Uh, should Republicans be uh, discouraged? Do we, is it really, you know, we're really headed into a, a, a blue tsunami? What do you see it? No, I wouldn't be discouraged. Listen, in, in, in even, even cases like Kentucky, you know, they, let's give some credit to the Democrat. He was an incumbent governor. Uh, he ran a solid race. Uh, the Republican candidate wasn't ideal um, and and didn't necessarily run the, the race I'd have run or you might have run. Um, but we lost by just a few points, and every other Republican running statewide in Kentucky was winning by double digits. Okay, so these are... These are still Republican states. They're still electing Republican majorities in some cases, super majorities. Republicans largely up and down the ticket. Um, you know, we, we do have some high-profile losses in some key offices, but they really do more to candidate quality and messaging. Um, so it's not that the Republican brand is bad. The Republican brand right now is better than the Democrat brand in most cases. Um, you know, we just we need to do a better job of funding our candidates, and we need to make you know, in some cases, we just need to make better quality decisions in our primaries. We need we need to consider electability when we're picking our candidates, not just, you know, who gives the best speech or who sounds like they're angry about the same things I'm angry about. You know, let's let's be let's be a little more practical when it comes to and who could win the race. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.